You're listening to Beyond the Sermon, the podcast of First Methodist Church in Collingswood, New Jersey. Our goal is to not only share our sermons, but to go beyond the sermon in conversation about what we're learning and what God is doing in our lives and in our community. This sermon comes from our 2022 sermon series, Holy Ghost Stories. You can find more information about our church at fumccollingswood.org. Thanks for listening. Good morning. I would like to uh, apologize for my voice this morning. This past weekend, we had an all-nighter with our youth where we stayed up literally all night, 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. And uh, as we started worship in the traditional service this morning, I sounded like a couple of our junior high boys. And so apologize if it's a little raspier than usual. Anyway. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I grew up at Pitman United Methodist Church. That was my home church for most of my life. And uh, my mother, being a single mother from when I was the age of five, six onward, uh, surrounded me with a community to raise me in the faith, knowing that all of these people would steer me towards Christ. And um, they, they did very well um, in, in the time that I was at that congregation. And in my teen years, some people that were very, very involved throughout the years um, decided that it was their time to serve in another local congregation after faithfully serving at Pittman UMC. These weren't just friends and mentors of mine. They were my church family. And it, uh, at the time, I was very, very upset feeling like they were choosing to leave me specifically to go onwards, not fully understanding what God was doing through that season. Luckily, they continued to be a part of my life and continued to encourage me in my walk of faith. And the congregation that was still there continued to encourage me and even entrust me to preach on a Sunday morning on one of our youth Sundays. And so I arrived and um, you get the bulletin and you go to sermon and it says Jeremy Andrade and that still makes me nervous to see that to this day. Um, but uh, my mother, my biggest encourager, had decided to keep the first bulletin in which I was preaching and she had it in uh, a scrapbook, one of dozens, um, ranging from my first band-aid to the first bulletin in which uh, I was uh, preaching and and next to that little sermon heading. But on this bulletin, as we were going through all of her scrapbooks, at the very bottom, we were highlighting missionaries. Um, Every single month, we had a different missionary highlight. And so there was a little blurb and a picture of a young Scott and Meg Rambo. uh, And they were the ones that were our highlighted missionaries. Now, at the time, this is a higher quality picture. It was a picture of them and their two sons, Timothy and Benjamin, because Josiah and Eli were not in the world just yet. And so years go by and I'm coming out of college and I am looking to God to direct me to where he wants me to serve him next. And I didn't know what that context could be. International missions, local missions, or just being involved in my local church. And I received a phone call from one of the gentlemen that had left Pittman in my teen years 
and he at the time was the head of the Staff Parish Relations Committee at Trinity UMC, asking me if I would be interested in applying for their youth pastor position. Uh, position and title I never imagined having in my lifetime, and that led to a week of prayer and spiritual counseling from people uh, that had leaned into my life and and um, were very mature in the faith, which we know that that step of my life then ultimately led me to be here today as your assistant pastor, working alongside the very missionary that my church was um, supporting should I say how many years ago? <laughs> um, and so if I, if I had gotten to decide what I thought was best for my faith journey and what was best for God's kingdom at that time, I would have chosen for those people to stay. They had been such a great positive influence on my life and uh, selfishly, I wanted them to keep pouring into me and worship with them on a weekly basis. And yet God knew what was best for each of his faithful servants and what would be fruitful in the long term for his kingdom. And don't we all need a little bit of encouragement time and time again? Uh, I have definitely needed it throughout my entire life. Um, And even in this room, how many of you have had people that have encouraged you, inspired you, and guided you in your walk of faith that are sitting around you right now? Actually, well, raise a hand. How many people have been encouraged by someone in this room? Absolutely. And God has provided so many unique experiences and unique gifts to those people to come alongside you in those times. Now, as we look at our scripture this morning, we see in chapter 13 that the church of Antioch had a great diversity as you look into where these people were from, where they were in society. There's a great diversity of race and of classes, and yet when they came to worship, they were one in Christ. They were all equal as they came to pray, as they came to fast, and as they came to worship. They were all united in their faith. Now, the Holy Spirit in this chapter sets apart Barnabas and Saul. Now, you may know Saul a little bit uh, better than Barnabas, and you may know him as Paul, but Barnabas was actually born as Joseph. Uh, the apostles nickname, gave him the nickname Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. And what an amazing testimony that is of who Joseph was if the apostles looked to him as a person to encourage them as the church was starting up after uh, Pentecost. Even Paul benefited greatly from the encouragement of another believer like Barnabas. We see in Acts 9 um, that the apostles were a little bit scared of Paul because he had famously persecuted Christians before uh, the famous walk uh, to Damascus. And so uh, Barnabas comes along Paul and kind of vouches for him to the disciples, sh- uh, sharing how he had seen God change and use Paul in ministry, and this helped them all to work together for the better of the kingdom. Now, later in the chapters, as we see in chapter 16, uh, that the Holy Spirit kept them from preaching the word in the providence of Asia and eventually leads them to Macedonia. Now, for me growing up, just the phrase, the Holy Spirit kept them from preaching the word, seemed odd, doesn't it? For me, it was like, why would the Holy Spirit stop anyone from sharing the gospel with anyone? 
And I, w- I would ask, you know, all, all of the questions of, does this mean that God didn't want the people of uh, Asia to hear the word? Did he have a preference of who hears the gospel first? And yet, there wasn't a priority. And also, by the way, when we're in the book of Acts and we're talking about the providence of Asia, it's modern-day Turkey, Asia Minor, not the entire continent that we're thinking of today. But God knew where Paul and his companions, including Barnabas, would be most fruitful for the kingdom. Each follower was guided by the Spirit to go where God wanted them. Thomas went as far as India in his lifetime, and we even see throughout the Gospels how mobile Jesus was. After accumulating crowds of thousands, he still went on to the next town um, to share the word. Now, if it was me, you would think this is a good thing, right? We have thousands of people that want to hear the teachings, that want to hear what Jesus has to say, and yet Jesus being both man and God, had the discernment to know that for the overall fruitfulness of the kingdom that he needed to move on, and his travels and his teachings are still with us today, thousands of years later. And so, excuse me, there are so many needs in this world and so many great organizations we can support and things we can do that are good, that, you know, they align with what we're called to be as Christians, the hands and feet of Christ. But do we take time to ask God what he wants us to do specifically, each of us as an individual? This doesn't have to be a lifelong mission somewhere else, though it may be. It can be being involved in saints um, prison ministry. It can be helping in local ministries. One of the 20 that Sharon is involved with, please ask her of how you can help in the area. It can also be being that person of encouragement to somebody else sitting in these pews this morning. We have a good handful of young people right in front of us. Look at those awake faces. Thank you guys. (laughs) Um, that we can be leaning into these lives and encouraging one another. It can also be in short-term missions. We will be uh, taking a mission trip to Mexico this coming summer, and there will be more information coming out in a newsletter later this month. Um, But these are all areas where we can be praying to God to help us discern where we can best be used for the kingdom of God, not the kingdom we've created or desire to create. It says in the book of Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 14, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, if we are children of God, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ, with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. If we are led by the Holy Spirit, we are the children of God. Now, if you've grown up in the church, you may be like, yeah, obviously. But have you ever taken the time to fully wrap your minds around that we, that that's even available to us, right? That we can be children of God. And it is said that if we are led by the Holy Spirit, that that is true. 
And in sharing in Christ's suffering, we can share in his, in his glory. Now, by following the Spirit's guidance and where he wants us to go, how he wants us to serve the kingdom, given our context and where we've grown up, it is very unlikely that you would be called to a place where you may end up being a martyr for the faith. And yet Christ died for us, and shouldn't we be willing to do the same for him and his kingdom? And yet, even though we may not experience death for the faith, we can still have a part of the glory in Christ. And that is overwhelming to me a lot of the time, that we have the honor to be included in what God is doing on earth and what a blessing it is to share in the glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I hope that we can all put ourselves aside and ask God what we can do for his sake, desiring direction from the Spirit to be willing to go wherever, whenever, and do whatever he calls us to do. No matter what season of life you are in, there is always something you are able to do. As the psalmist reflects, you know, with every breath may I praise the Lord. And so um, I ask that in this week to come and, and in the future that as we're called to bring, lift everything up to God in prayer, that you would ask him where we can best serve him. God reveals himself to those that are sensitive to his leadings. And here are some ways that the spirit can guide us to where we can be most fruitful. Number one, being God's word. A lot of the time people say, you know, why won't God just like have a megaphone from heaven and tell me exactly what I need to do every single day so I can just follow those instructions? And yet we still have the word of God before us. And though it may not say, Joanna, clean your room now, it teaches us to honor our father and mother and what may that look like in our daily lives. It teaches us to love one another. It teaches us to be the hands and feet of Christ. And there's so many things that though it may not be a specific instruction to you to do in this moment, usually it will guide you to how to live every single day. And when you have those decisions to make, it will point you in the right direction. And one of those directions is prayer, which is another way that the Spirit may guide us. Sometimes it may feel like a one-sided conversation. And yet I promise you that if you are faithful to it, that he will respond through one of these ways. But the question is, when, he, when you listen for directions and he gives them, will you follow them? Will you be faithful to the ones you are given? We were talking with our youth the other week through, I believe it's Romans chapter 13, and one of the verses is, do not repay evil for evil. And at the all-nighter, I heard a lot of, but he did this or she did this. And so just repeating, it's simple, we understand it, but every day we need the spirit to renew us so that we can live in these ways that we have been given through God's word. Third, the opportunities that God opens for us. I would have never applied for a youth pastor position and yet God was able to open that opportunity and have someone reach out to me um, about that. Um, and so what opportunities, what, you know, just in this room, every single Sunday you have the opportunity to invite someone to get to know you, to invite them into your home, to encourage them, to inspire them wherever they are in their life and steer them into the promises that we have in scripture. 
And lastly, um, which I've seen multiple times in my life alone, is advice from mature Christians, people of the faith, that when they are sharing things with you, it is not for their glory or you to do something for them, but is for the glory of God's kingdom. And what can they do to lean into our lives? Um, In the first service, Pastor Scott talked about how um, reflecting in what I was saying about being encouraged by my church family, that we have roughly, what, 30 kids on Sunday nights is what? Yeah, we have a lot of kids um, that can all use encouragement and use um, people from the faith that have lived many, many years, though you may not have a TikTok account, that does not mean that you do not have things that you can share and encourage our kids with. Um, and, and you can also base set is able to pray for our youth. Um, and so if you are interested in having a youth's name that you can pray for or the whole list, um, reach out to me in the office this week through email or text or call. Um, and we would love to supply that uh, for you so that you guys can be lifting up our kids in prayer. Um, and so with that, I would just simply like to reiterate, are we going to him for what he wants us to do through his word, through prayer. And when he answers us, will we be faithful? Will we put aside our desires for what we want to create in this world so that we can be a part of what he wants to do in this world?